You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast. It is Wednesday, June 16th. 2021 and on tonight's show I'll be talking about the Nationals sweep with Matt Weirich of NBC Sports Washington. Nats sweep the Pirates. We've got a full breakdown coming your way next on tonight's show. All right, Locked on Nationals podcast. It is a Wednesday night and joining me tonight it is Matt Weirich of NBC Sports Washington. Uh, Matt, the the Nats sweep the Pirates. It's the the thing the Nationals are best at, and I think you might have tweeted about this yesterday or today, uh, they do they, they beat bad teams. They're very good at beating bad teams, aren't they? This is their third sweep. They've swept the Marlins, they've swept the Orioles, and now they have swept the Pirates. They do a good job of beating bad teams. Yeah, the Nationals seem to be showing that they're at least not uh, you know a top-five draft pick team. They're handling business against these teams that – are at the bottom of the standings, like you mentioned, the Marlins, Orioles, uh, and now Pirates are the only three teams that they have swept all season, and they haven't beaten, they haven't won a series, they've split a few, but they haven't won a series against a team with a winning record uh, since mid-April against the Cardinals. So uh, now it is up to them to prove that, okay, they're better than the bottom feeders, but are they just as good as some of these other teams that they're hoping to climb over in the playoff chase? Um, yeah, a few notes I want to get to. Oh, so, so first question I have, like kind of question, question. Are the Nats hot? They've won four in a row, right? Um, I was there this weekend for their series, for the last two at least, of their series against the Giants. And, you know, you watch the offense on that Sunday game, right, and you watch it, especially yesterday, in their eight – I think it was an 8-1 win. Is that what it was? 8-1 over the, over the, um, uh, the Pirates. Mm-hmm. You're like, that's – that's what it looks like, right? That's what the winning team looks like. You, you think about today's win, 3-1, right? You know, not a bad win. But you still have a lot of questions uh, about the offense. So I will say, are the Nationals, yeah, are, are they hot? Are they getting hot? What are your thoughts about where the Nationals are at currently in terms of the, uh, the warmth meter? I would say right now they won four in a row, so it's hard to say that they're not hot. But if you kind of look at where they've been the last two weeks, uh, we're looking at they played the Braves, split that series. They lost a series against the Phillies. They split a two-game set with the Rays, split a four-game set with the Giants, and now here have swept uh, the Pirates. So of all of that, they only won one series. Now they split three against three solid teams, three teams that are above them in the standings. In fact, two the Giants and the Rays being first place teams and mm-hmm. having the best records in their respective leagues. Nobody is, is going to say, you know, it was disappointing that they split those series. That's absolutely a win for the Nats. But uh, to say that they are hot, you know, they don't necessarily have one of the best records in baseball over that span. They're just barely a little over 500. In fact, uh, which the nationals need every win they can get right now. And their version of hot is going to actually have to be hotter uh, than a lot of other teams version of hot because they have so much ground to cover in all of the standings. So I would say, no, the Nats aren't hot now, but they are at a point where they're showing some signs of life, and it's it's time to prove whether that's for real or whether they were just playing the Pirates. Yeah, you talk about the hot stuff, right? And this is kind of where I want to get into really the first topic, a guy who's been a spark plug top of the lineup, and surprising, as a surprise that we're saying this, right? 
Kyle Schwarber. Um, the last week for him, I guess I'm trying to think about how long he's been. It's been a week, right, since he's been batting leadoff, or yeah, about doing a week. Cons- yeah, doing it consistently. Um, a couple things I like. Number one, it seems like guys are getting on base for him in the back part of the lineup to drive in sometimes. And two, you know, his approach just looks a lot better, right? It just feels like he's going up there a lot more confident. Um, I know today he wasn't great, but it feels like he's just. I thought yesterday, especially too, really not getting cheated up there. He feels like he's going up there, confident, steady approach, and uh, he was a big reason why they were able to get that eight-one win yesterday. Yeah, you know, he's he's definitely been turning it on as of late, and entering the game today, he, he actually had solid numbers on the season. His OPS plus is at a one nineteen, so he's about nineteen percent better than the average hitter so far this season, which. Is, Honestly, if you're paying $10 million for that, that that's pretty solid. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll definitely take that from Schwarber. And I don't think, you know, anybody was expecting him to be the team's number four hitter or anything like that coming into the year. You know, they, he was kind of some power in the middle of the lineup that was supposed to be behind Soto and Bell to kind of supplant them. So I think he's kind of lived up to what you might have expected from him. His batting average, 229 entering the game it, on, this, on his career, it's 230. So, you know, he's really given you everything you would have thought uh, you get out of him his, his power is there and, and man is it something to behold uh, when he does get a hold of a, of a ball because he hits it a really really long way uh, and it's a lot of fun to watch so seeing him at the the top of the lineup uh, it's it's definitely up the the Joe Madden alley you know I, I think yeah. kind of got famous uh, for putting a lot of different guys at leadoff we right. saw a lot of Anthony Rizzo there at certain points a lot of Chris Bryant there at certain points uh, and even a little bit of Schwarber uh, when Davey Martinez was that bench coach so He's kind of now picking into his former skipper's pocketbook saying, all right, let, let's try Schwarber out here. Uh, and he's responded pretty well. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by our friends at Sports Trade. You guys have heard us talk about them by now, but you guys need to check them out. Sports Trade is the place that combines the stock market with fantasy sports. It's fair and super exciting. It's a way to cash in on your sports knowledge. Making money with Sports Trade is simple. Player values rise and fall. Based on two factors, one, their performance in terms of stats, and two, their supply and demand. You can instantly buy and sell as many shares in a player as you would like, just like the stock market. Then watch your player, uh, your player's battle and your portfolio value rise. Time to go to Sports Trade, watch the How It Works video, and then sign up and get started today. Watch that portfolio value rise, and you'll be having a great time. Sign today at sportstrade.com. This truly is the evolution of fantasy sports. It really is something that you guys will be amazed at. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action today at sportstrade.com. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is also brought to you by our friends at Wellfront. Stocks, memes, rocket chips, day trading can be a lot of fun. But what if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon for real? You should open up a Wellfront investment account today. Decades of data shows that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every single year. In fact, only 1% of day traders actually beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone. Team up with Wealthfront.com today. Wealthfront will manage your first $5,000 for life for free. Go to Wealthfront.com slash MLB to find out how. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T. W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash locked on MLB to start growing your savings today. 
That's wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB to get started today. Yeah, and gold glove defense, right? That's what you're getting, that's what you're getting from Kyle <laughs> right. Schwarber, too. Um, yeah, I just, you know, him at the, the front of the lineup. And my dad pointed out to me on, on Sunday we were at the game, that pitch, the, the pitch that he hit out, the second home run he had, I mean, he caught up to that one. It was a high fastball, tough to get to, and cranked it. And just shows you, like, he's got good bat speed, too. You know, and the pitch identification, too. Not a great pitch to swing at, but if he gets a hold of it and knows he can get to it, and he's swinging confidently for me, which is the key right now, yeah, I mean, this is kind of where I thought he'd be. You know, 13 home runs and 34 runs driven in right now for Schwarber. And you also take into account the games that he missed to start off the season, right? Think about those, uh, you know, that, that he did miss some time to start off the year, then yeah, I mean, this is, I, I think he's kind of right on schedule um, with where he should be. Also another guy to mention this, Josh Bell, Josh Bell today uh, brings the offense, gets a single and he has, has a two run home run, which is a difference maker for him. So what do you think about Josh? Bell? I, I want you to you know, kind of answer guys too, like Jan Gomes, Jan Gomes swinging a hot bat right now too. Um, but like Josh Bell and Jan Gomes, those two guys, starting to add the offense that we thought they could add. Yeah. I mean, this has definitely been makeup time for Josh Bell. He's actually been one of the team's hottest hitters uh, over the past few weeks. Uh, and right now his batting average and OPS are the highest they have been all season uh, ever, ever since opening day. Uh, so, you know, he's been able to climb out of these depths a little bit of such a poor start. I mean, when you're looking up at the scoreboard every day and your batting average starts with a one, that's got to get in your head, you know, no matter what you're, you're, you're saying people, uh, you know, Bell was the guy who, who was saying, you know, I'm still working on my swing. I'm going out there. I'm, I'm not worried about it, but you, you know, that's something that has to be affecting him. So uh, I'm sure it must feel good for him to be making an impact, you know, to be in the middle of the lineup, to have Davey Martinez still having confidence in him to hit uh, behind a guy like Juan Soto. And, and we saw it, you know, in that eighth inning, Soto drew a walk with two outs and, and there right there was, is the danger of doing that. Josh Bell can do some damage. Uh, and while that, that home run was a bit of a wall scraper for him compared to some of his other blasts, uh, right. it certainly was uh, you know, a great swing from him and, and something the Nationals really needed, especially considering Kyle Finnegan gave up a run the following half inning. Yeah, he's now 11 for 37 here in the month of June. Uh, he hit 264 in the month of May, so he's starting to come on too. Uh, and, and the lineup continues to be, a, to be a concern. But to me, you know, the, the – if this team is going to be good, the pitching is where it starts, right? Because this lineup is not consistent enough to really support the pitching in a meaningful way yet. It could get, it, it might, it might be in the process of getting there, right? I think, I think maybe we can start having the conversation about is this lineup starting to move to a place of support? Now, small sample size wasn't great the entire weekend, but they had, they had their moments. So if we think the offense is getting a little better, it, it still doesn't matter, right? Because this team, is built off pitching. The problem is two of their big guns are down, Strasburg and Scherzer. So let's first, I, I know, I, you know, I don't want to start with the negatives, but I feel like this is a place we have to start. What are the latest updates on Strasburg and Scherzer? Let's go with Strasburg first because he is the one who seems to be a bit more of a longer-term injury. Yeah, there's no necessarily timetable update on Strasburg, but he did uh, go out on the field today and do some light tossing, uh, which is the first time that he has thrown since hitting the injured list. So definitely a significant step for him. He saw a specialist uh, over the past week 
uh, to see about his nerve problem that he has in his throwing hand, something that he got surgery for last season uh, that ended his season only a couple of appearances in. Uh, and now he's having problems with it again, which is never something that you want to see. So uh, but he was seen a lot shaking his hand uh, in his last start before he exited. And that was a, a pretty clear indicator there that he was still having some nerve issues. And, and Davey confirmed that. We don't know what the result of that meeting with the specialist is, uh, but with Davey not offering any timetable, I'm certainly not optimistic he'll be returning in the next couple of weeks. As for Scherzer, uh, he should be back uh, when first eligible, which would be the first game against the uh, Phillies after this Met series. Uh, the Nats will then travel to Pittsburgh or Philadelphia, excuse me, to play the Phillies. And the Nats are hoping to get Scherzer back that day, which is when he's first eligible. He was actually hoping to avoid an IL stunt altogether with this groin inflammation, uh, which just that name sounds absolutely terrible to be dealing right. with. Yes. Uh, but this groin problem that he has, uh, you know, forced him out of the start, his, his start after only two batters. Uh, and now he has not, he went, went and did a bullpen session the other day, decided he wasn't feeling right. And then went on the, IL the, the following day after that. So uh, he is hoping to just miss the minimum, uh, which would leave the Nationals in good shape. The This weekend series against the Mets, they won't get Scherzer, but they're also going to miss both DeGrom and Stroman. So that's yeah. a pretty good development for them. And as you had a recording, and as you had a recording, DeGrom's got eight strikeouts to three innings. So uh, and also he's got an RBI. Um, something I want to mention too about Scherzer. Like, and so this is me kind of saying to people, hey, don't be too concerned about it. But the, the big thing is with groin injuries, you know, I'm sure if you're a basketball fan, but Anthony Davis was get, had one oh, in yeah. the playoffs. And I remember watching a doctor saying, look, it just, it takes time. Like there's, there's no magic, you know, there's no, nothing you can do. There's no, you know, you can ice it, sure, you put, put heat on it, whatever you want to. But it is literally like you just have to give it some time to recoup and, and heal. Um, and so that's why I, you know, when I heard, look, the groin didn't look great in the bullpen. Okay. That's what I expected. I'm not sure about you. I'm not a doctor either, but like, that's kind of what I, what I expected. And also this timetable you're talking about, that's also what I expected too. It was kind of, you know. Yeah. I, I think that it's really just rest, you know, yes. at this point. And for, for Scherzer, that just means, you know, staying off his feet, not, not doing his in-between starts routine, taking a couple of days to, to, really just give it, give it a f some time to, to recuperate, recover, and then get back on his routine. He was, he was out there in his uniform, you know, two days ago. So I would expect to see him again out there same way uh, a couple of days before his next start. All right. And then last guy in the pitching department, we got to touch on Daniel Hudson, right? Um, you and I, well, first of all, let's go with the update. How's Huddy doing? Any, any word on him? I know he's on the IL 10 days. Uh, yeah. He, uh, so Huddy actually never felt any pain which is hmm. the interesting part about him wow. going on the IL. It was a tug uh, in his elbow, uh, which made him just concerned uh, that something worse could happen. Uh, so it was just mm -hmm. really kind of feeling tight. And he's a guy who had Tommy John surgery, uh, extensive elbow problems in the past. Uh, so the Nationals really just decided to play that on the safe side. So he is also a candidate to come off the IL uh, as quickly as possible, but it's going to kind of depend on uh, how those bullpen sessions go in the days leading up to his return date. All right, so that kind of you know leads into the conversation about the actual pitching, right? Um, they it's been phenomenal the last last few days, right? I mean, these guys uh, have been really good. I think I saw the last five starts starting pitching ERA for them is like 0.75 right now. Joe Ross, 
on Sunday. I mean, have you seen a start where Joe Ross has looked better than that? I don't think I have. Absolutely not. Yeah. I, I did start. watch him. He had one of the best parts of his career. He had like a no hitter into the sixth at one point. Um, and I remember that game because the Nats walked it off and I was, I was there. I was think that was in 2017. Uh, so it's been a long time since we've seen Joe Ross at that, at that point. Yeah. Um, and that was, you know, that was really difficult. So, you know, uh, or it's, it's been difficult for him. And then now to see him pitch this well has been really, it's been awesome to see. Then you move ahead. Um, John Lester to me needs to give them more length. Like he's got to make it to six because his best start this year has been five and five and two thirds to me, Matt, it seems like he's having some, you know, it's just having some issues going deeper into games. His numbers are decent. Like he's actually not giving up a whole lot of runs. If that's your metric to me though, with the way this team is currently shaping up, and especially right now with no Scherzer, the Corbin start was awesome. We'll get to him in a second, but they need a bit more length out of Lester, in my opinion. Do you agree? I absolutely agree. And I think part of it has been Davey having a bit of a short leash with him. Uh, and maybe that is his numbers against lineups third time through. I haven't had the chance to ask him about that. But um, I, I will say that there have been times when Lester has been pulled where I've been kind of like, well, you know, I felt like he could have gone another inning or two. But generally, he has been running out of gas uh, towards the later innings, which I, for me, uh, from what I was expecting out of Lester coming into the year, he was a guy who I thought would be giving you innings. You know, he was a guy who, even if he gave you a, a you know, a four or five ERA, but he threw 200 innings this season, I think that would have constituted as a success uh, for signing Lester. You know, you weren't signing him to be the ace that he used to be. You were signing him to keep your rotation uh, from withering away and, and the depth being in question and having to fill innings. You know, he was a guy who you could rely on. Uh, you know, before 2020 in the shortened season, he had the longest active streak in the majors of 200 plus innings in a season. Uh, so, you know, he's, he was a guy who posted every five days. And of course, you know, he had that really long ramp up process after uh, the COVID incident to start the year. So it took him a while to get out on the field. Uh, but now for him to not be pitching as deep into games as he is, I think that is definitely not what the Nationals were hoping for coming into the year. One more pause for the cause on today's show. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar has got nine delicious flavors right now. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. It's got 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar as well. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, for 15% off. Your next order, once again, it's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is also brought to you by our friends at BetOnline.ag. You guys know the deal. Go to BetOnline.ag today to find all of your sports action needs, MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, boxing. All of that's available at BetOnline. For the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all their great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest info. Don't sit in the sidelines anymore. Get in on the game today at betonline.ag. Use that promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On, and you'll receive a 50% deposit bonus. Once again, promo code Locked On for a 50% deposit bonus today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. 
Yeah, I think he's he's got to be better. And look, and and Corbin has to be better too. Now that brings us to the game that he pitched last night. I want to touch on this phenomenal eight and a third innings. That was what they needed from him. Um, the hit numbers with him, you know, I think we're at a place now where it's just they're always going to be high, right? Just kind of the way he pitches. Um, if you're pumping 91 and tops, 92, 93, you know, and sometimes you're around the zone, it's just going to happen. It's how you manage those situations is the key. And I thought last night he managed them brilliantly. They wanted him to go the full nine. It's totally fine. He didn't eight. And eight I think that fans will say, Hey, look, eight and a third will definitely take 10 times out of 10. But that version we saw last night, I know it's the pirates. He's got to bring some semblance of that more often because the amount he's being paid and the guy that he was at another point, like that's, that's where he's got to be. If this team has a chance of winning, especially if, if you're at a time where I know Scherzer's coming back, but if you're going to be down Strasburg for a little while, that means everybody else has to elevate their game. It starts with him because he's a number three and he's being paid like a number two. And I mean, he'd be paid like a number one on some teams, wouldn't he? Yeah, absolutely. I think he's actually making more than Hinjin Ryu is uh, right. as the number one for the Blue Jays. So that shows you right there that, you know, he's he's being paid to be one of the better pitchers in the game, if not one of the best pitchers in the game. Uh, so, you know, with, with Strasburg and Scherzer out, Corbin could not be more pivotal, pivotal to this team uh, right now. He's, he's going into the series against New York. Uh, coming off of this strong success, he's going to need to come through and, and do it again. And the biggest problem for him has actually been the first inning. He has the highest first inning ERA in baseball this year. Uh, so if he settles in well, he ends up delivering, you know, solid start. He'll go five or six innings, give up three runs. Uh, and I think the Nationals will take that from him at this point. But, uh, you know, for him, uh, it all starts, begins and ends with his slider. Uh, and, and his slider is not the same pitch that it was in 2019. We've heard Davey Martinez and Mike Rizzo both say that his spin rate uh, was approaching levels back near 2019. That's not really true. Uh, he is definitely has a better spin rate on it than he did last year. Uh, but it's nowhere near the effectiveness that it was at uh, back in 2019, which is, you know, a career year for him uh, in a time when that, that slider was one of the best left-handed sliders in the game. Uh, so now he's really had to diversify his pitch selection a little bit, kind of mix things up more and, and rely more on his repertoire, which never was really considered super deep. Uh, and, and that's kind of shown this year. And he's kind of had to reinvent himself a little bit. He, he came into the year. I can't remember which pitch. I think it was his changeup came into the year in spring training, planning and working on it. And then after his first start, it was a disaster. Uh, and it just, you know, he had a terrible start. I believe it was against the Cardinals. Uh, yeah, it was he, it. <laughs> and he just did not have it at all. And then the next day, I think mean, he threw no, no slot, no changeups. Uh, and for a pitch that I think it was almost 30% of the time he had thrown it in that first start to then go into your second start and not throw a single one, uh, you know, that really just kind of shows that you're searching uh, for your identity as a pitcher. Uh, because if you knew what worked and, and what you needed to find success, you'd be relying on that, whether or not the results justified it or not. With the fact that he was adapting to the results each start in and start out, that kind of just really showed just how much Patrick Corbin didn't know what he could trust, which is, you know, scary for the Nationals. Uh, somebody that, that, that you can trust, somebody that knows who he is as a pitcher, Paulo Espino. Look That's at this right. guy. First career win. At the age of 34, I, I was watching the broadcast. Um, I'm not sure if you caught this, the, the post-interview that, that Josh Bell, they say, well, Josh, we'll let you go because I'm sure they're doing something in the dugout for, for Paulo Espino. This guy has been big because he came in earlier in the year. 
He did, uh, I believe one of his first appearances of the year was a Strasburg relief uh, appearance. Uh, Strasburg got injured and he had to come in and, and pilot to pitch the game. He's been strong all year. Not every spot has been a high leverage spot. Tonight was, he delivered. He was five innings, strong ball all the way through. Um, I think he only allowed, what, like three hits the entire the entire night, whatever it was. Something like that. I, I know it's the Pirates, but this was – because the Nationals had to sweep the Pirates. Like, to me, there is no scenario the Nationals, like this, this home stretch, it's considered a W unless there is a Pirates sweep in there, especially after you split two and two with the Giants. He came in there today. He did what he had to do, took care of business. Uh, and also, I want to shout out Jeffrey Rodriguez, too, because he did the same thing earlier this week. It was not pretty on that. I guess it was the Saturday night game when they lost, but he did a good job in that game. So, um, yeah, I mean, the spot guys, they're giving the Nats what they have to do, right? And uh, you just hope that Austin Voth has been throwing right. I've actually forgot to ask you about Austin Voth, too. He looks like he could be on his way back. And so hopefully he is a guy that can kind of take that Paulo, Paulo Espino spot or those guys can piggyback each other, off each other and basically create a starter in the aggregate, right? Those two guys can kind of do that for you. So um, talk about Paulo and also where you think Austin Voth is. It looks like he, he could be back here relatively soon. Yeah, Paulo definitely not going to be a strikeout guy, but he, he generates a lot of weak contact. He has that, that curveball that really can be disrupting to hitters. Josh Bell talked about that after the game, um, about how – it's it bothered him back in spring training, how just how dangerous it was. So um, he, he saw that right away. And it's, it's been awesome to see. I mean, he's a guy who spent 11 years in the minor leagues, you know, took a really long route to that first career win. He, he said in his post-game press conference that he uh, thought he'd be in the majors within five years of being drafted. And obviously that did not happen. Um, he was able to give a big speech uh, in, in the clubhouse after the game. And, and Davey said it was a great moment for him and a great moment for the team. So uh, it's something that the Nationals have to be happy uh, to just to see. You know, it, it, we'll see if, if Espino is able to, to get another win this year. They're going to be few and far between for those opportunities. But the fact that he was able to go five innings uh, w- without even going over 60 pitches, I mean, that's just a testament to uh, his ability to, to work through these at-bats, attack hitters, uh, and, and, and put it where they're, they're not going to make great contact. As for both, uh, you know, the Nationals are hoping he can be back soon. He has resumed throwing as well. Um, he is going to be moving back to the bullpen, which is uh, good for him because he will not have to hit. Um, and so I would not expect him to be on your list of spot starters anytime soon, simply because the nationals do not want him, uh, having to face any more live pitching for a while. Two broken noses for the nationals, uh, the last, what is that? That was a few years ago, wasn't it? Um, that was 2019, I think. Yeah. So yeah, two years ago. Right. So two broken noses in the last three seasons, uh, not a good rate. Not a good what, the hell, what the hell are we doing here? We need a DH badly. <laughs> I've been on this forever. Oh, um, not just no bueno, no bueno. <laughs> All right, that will do it for part one of today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at lo underscore nationals. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Until next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.